What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little, Sports Edition, Nick the Quick, T in the building. It's the first day of NFL free agency. We have a special guest joining us, Eli Cabron, ChicagoBears.com writer. He's going to go through all the big pickups. The Bears had a big Tuesday. Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, Prince of Mukamura signs a new deal. We're going to go through all that stuff. NBA. We're gonna go. We're gonna have a little fun with a roundup. We don't have to talk about the Bulls tanking. We're gonna talk all NBA across the board standings. Can the Cavs beat the Raptors? Can the Raptors beat the Cavs? We're gonna talk Warriors. We're gonna talk Rockets. We're gonna talk Kawhi. He's got a little uh, medical clearance predicament. If we want to call it that in San Antonio. And then I got some positive feedback on the What's Trending segment. We're going to hop on Twitter, give a live take. This is No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Listen up. No Catch Up Chicago finally has Eli Cabron on the line. We've been trying to get this guy on the show for a while to talk about the Bears, and we picked the best day possible, first day of NFL free agency. Eli, how are you? How you feeling? Thanks for joining us. I'm good, guys. It's been a it's been a crazy day, but uh, looks like the Bears got some new additions to the roster. Pleased to pleased to be with you guys to talk about it. No doubt, it's a, it was a good crazy though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it looked like it seemed like Ryan Pace had his his checklist of what he was looking for and just went one after the other. He knew that he had to get some playmakers around Mitchell Trubisky, and he started off with the receiver Allen Robinson, and then just went downhill from there. Um, just adding to this offense that uh, that struggled last year in Mitch's rookie year, and hoping hoping that they'll take a step forward now uh, in 2018. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they went and picked up. We've been talking about this, me and Quick, on No Catch Up, about you know who we should pick up at wide receiver. We were going back and forth about not wanting to pick a wide receiver with that top draft slot. We we rather have a corner or an edge rusher. But So they go out today, and I think they solidify that spot, and we're not going to have to worry about that in the draft. We go out, we pick up Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel to play the slot, Trey Burton, uh, a tight end up and coming, can do some things, was on the Eagles behind Selleck and those guys. Um, extend Prince of Mukamura. I mean, it, it was a busy, busy very, day. Very, very busy day for Pace, yeah. And I think that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It looked like he knew he who knew who he wanted to target and went out and got him. That was what I liked about the 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 day most of all. How do you feel about the yeah, signings? I mean, yeah, go through it with me. I think you, you they saw that that what the Eagles did last year for Carson Wentz uh, when they went out and got Alshon and Torrey Smith um, and just really put pieces around a young quarterback to put him in a position to succeed. And the Bears obviously – uh, needed some offensive firepower. They had the two running backs in, in Howard and Cohen, but last year they just did not have the skill talent on the outside. Uh, you talk about guys like Dontrell Inman and Josh Bellamy, um, nice players, but they're definitely not starting receivers in the NFL. And so I think Ryan Pace knew that he had to upgrade that position. And the, the drafts class, like you guys have been talking about, is just not, uh, there's not a Julio Jones in this year's draft class. Uh, Calvin Ridley is, is a nice prospect, but at that number eight spot, is he really the difference maker that the Bears needed? Uh, Ryan Pace clearly evaluated and thought that, that their their resources could be spent elsewhere, and so he went out and got Allen Robinson, who's obviously coming off injury, but has shown to be a marquee playmaker. Uh, and then Gabriel, you mentioned, can be in the slot as that speed element. He and uh, Tariq Cohen should 
be causing nightmares for defenses. And then Burton is an X factor. He uh, didn't play the traditional tight end spot in Philly because they had Zach Ertz, but um, with Adam Shaheen uh, here in Chicago, he can maybe be more of that H back, put him at different spots on the field, uh, and just get him the ball in interesting ways. And so you really see what the Bears are trying to do in this Matt Nagy offense is, is put playmakers at all different parts of the field uh, so that defenses can't just focus in on one spot. So, Eli, you mentioned Matt Nagy, and I actually wanted to ask you a question about that. Um, when you see Ryan Pace, you know, obviously make a slew of offensive moves like this, is this something that he sits down with Nagy with? They go over the list of players, and he's like, hey, you know, would this guy look great in the offense? Or is this, you know, Ryan Pace already had these guys in mind, and, you know, it's up to Nagy to kind of fit him in? I think it's it's definitely a, a collaborative uh, move because you saw in the last few years uh, under John Fox, the Bears were never this aggressive, um, especially in terms of offensive skill talent. Now, obviously, they, they knew that the team was rebuilding. There was not necessarily the need to spend the money. But I think with the presence of Coach Nagy, he knows what type of players are going to thrive in his, his West Coast offense. Uh, they need someone that can stretch the field. That um, They traded up for Mitchell Trubisky last year. You don't, you don't move up and, and take a quarterback number two overall and then not give him talent around him. So I think, I think that they – Pace knew that this offseason the top priority had to be improving that offense. Um, and so he and Nagy kind of combined to, to figure out who would fit well, and, and they identified these players. And, and it seems like on day one of free agency that was their top priority is going out and getting these guys uh, that could upgrade uh, the passing attack. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think Pace is in a situation where he's going to go for it. Hey, guys, listen, I went and got Allen Robinson. I went and got a slot receiver. I went and got Trey Burton. I I, I signed Prince of Mukamura. I put uh, Kyle Fuller on the transition tag. I put the pieces in place. It didn't work out. I kind of almost feel like he's going to go after the guys he wants, put 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 that offense that you know him and Nagy work together and to, to put on the field, put Mitch in the best position to, to succeed, and if it doesn't work out, he can almost kind of feel good about it. Like, hey, I evaluated Mitch. I thought he'd be a great quarterback. This is why I went and got him at two. This is where we're at. And it didn't work out. He could he could kind of go by the wayside. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, no, I completely agree. I think that ever since he made that move last year uh, to trade up for Trubisky, he's kind of said, like, this is this is what I'm going to ride or die with. If if Mitchell Trubisky fails and all these moves do not improve the Bears and they do not become a playoff contender in the near future, Pace knows that that's that's it. He, he's probably not going to have the chance to draft another quarterback, and so he's going to go down swinging and give Trubisky every opportunity he can to succeed. Um, and that means putting wide receivers and running backs and tight ends on the field that uh, can improve this offense. And so um, you, he went out and got an offensive-minded head coach someone that's younger that he can uh, feel comfortable with. The, the mesh with John Fox just never really made sense. You had one of the youngest GMs in the league with one of the oldest coaches in the league who didn't really want to sit through a whole rebuilding process. And so uh, now they're on the same page, the GM and the coach, and it just makes a lot more sense. And I think Pace is just going all in um, on his on his drive to, to build this team up into a winner. Absolutely. I want to talk about the Allen Robinson contract. He signs – um, a three-year, $42 million deal, $25 million guaranteed. To me, that's a two-year deal at $25 million guaranteed, right? He goes out, it's nothing this year, they don't like him, or whatever, whatever it may be. That's really a two-year at $25 million deal. 
Now, I was talking to my guy, Andy. Shout out, Andy, uh, from ASU. He sent me a list because last week on the pod, we talked about Allen Robinson, who's had a 14-plus touchdown year since 2010. And the, the, the list is not that long. Dwayne Bowe, 15 touchdowns in 2010. Gronk, Calvin Johnson, Jordy Nelson in 2011. They went 17, 16, and 15. James Jones in 2012. Jimmy Graham again. Des Bryant. Brandon Marshall, then Allen Robinson, Doug Baldwin, and then Jordy Nelson in 2016, and none in 2017. So for you to get yeah. that that type of a caliber guy, still young, I understand he's coming off an ACL, but for you to get that guy at basically a two-year, $25 million guarantee mark, I think that's a great deal, especially seeing the numbers that Mike Evans and all those guys are signing for. You just look at, at Robinson's production and also his age. Players like that just generally do not hit the open market. And I think that the Bears realized that this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sign a 24, 24-year-old wide receiver, uh, like you mentioned, has a history of, of scoring points and, and putting up yards in this league. He's been a much I, – I, I think the conversation about whether the Bears should pursue him or Sammy Watkins, I understand that. Watkins had a strong year last year with the Rams, and Robinson missed the whole year because of an injury. But you look at their production, especially based off where they were drafted, and Robinson's been a much better player. I, I think this was a strong move for the Bears. Like you said, it's only a two-year guaranteed deal. Uh, if it doesn't work out, they can cut their losses uh, not too far down the road. Um, like we've seen with Kevin White, these things happen with wide receivers. They don't always pan out. But the Bears have put themselves in a good position uh getting a guy that still hasn't even hit his physical prime yet, he should be able to recover from this injury uh, and, and give the Bears that number one weapon that they need. Hey, Eli, um, so I wanted to ask you as far as the Robinson thing. Um, so like you said, yeah, 24-year-old receiver like this typically does not hit the open market. Um, does it concern you a bit that he did and that Jacksonville didn't want to resign him, that perhaps they know something about him medically or whatever else it might be that we don't? Because, again, yeah, 24-year-old receiver, missed one year, of course, but ultra-productive in 2016. Yeah, I, I mean, it is. it does raise some eyebrows a little bit. But I think that in that year that he missed, the Jaguars kind of reinvented themselves as a ground-and-pound team with Fournette. Um, Marquise Lee obviously took a big step forward for the Jaguars last year. And so he just didn't – his price tag just didn't fit in, I think, what Jacksonville wanted to do. Uh, there obviously are questions about his health, and the Jaguars should know better than anyone where he stands. But um, the fact that they didn't go after him hard, I don't think should deter, and it clearly didn't deter Ryan Pace from, from making him his top target. It is questionable that, that, that someone that strong and talented would, would hit the open market, but I think it was just the circumstances of when he got hurt and then the Jaguars had their breakout year. It just didn't match up with where they wanted to spend their free agency money uh, this this summer or this off season, I guess. Yeah. I mean, great point on Jacksonville reinvented themselves to almost, you know, let's stay safe enough on offense, run the ball and play spectacular defense like they do. Um, so, yeah, it's probably what you have to do when your quarterback is Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. it. Yeah. It's usually the safest choice. Yeah, no doubt. But but that's what I'm saying. They sign, they re-sign Bortles. So that's kind of, yeah. that's their MO. That's what they're going to be. He got a one-year one deal, right? No, he signed for three. Did he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. 
Um, yeah, I think they locked him up for a few years. Yeah, yeah. So shout, shout out Blake Bortles for parlaying that into a contract. <laughs> yeah, and Taylor Gabriel was interesting for me. <clears throat> I think get me speed off the, the skill positions. Get me some speed. You see what Tariq Cohen has done. You see what he can do. Man, just give me some guys that when they have the rock, they could go with it, and that's exactly what Taylor Gabriel is. Yeah, I mean, from what I from what I'm envisioning is that they expect if you look at what the what Matt Nagy did last year with the Chiefs, that they expect Howard Jordan Howard to play that Kareem Hunt role. They expect Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen some combo of that to be similar to what Travis Kelsey did. They expect Allen Robinson to be in that Jeremy Macklin vertical outside spot and then Taylor Gabriel is going to be the Tyreek Hill and that means he'll be going sideline to sideline on reverses and swing passes and screens but also uh, with the, the ability to get in the seam um, and, and create mismatches against linebackers and safeties they want to put weapons all across the field and so that teams cannot focus in on Jordan Howard and Tariq uh, Cohen like they did last year and you could see as the year went along, defenses were just daring Mitchell Trubisky to throw it downfield and beat them, and he just couldn't. And so now that they're adding more weapons on the outside, hopefully Cam Meredith and Kevin White uh, are healthy and able to play. But but I think Gabriel will be a big difference maker in this offense. He was a, a deep threat for the Falcons the last few years, uh, even in the shadow of guys like Julio Jones. So he can be a difference maker for sure on this offense. Interesting. Flat out speedster, man. So I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it all. We I know me and we haven't Eli- had a guy like that. I feel like since Hester, right? right. So and, was- and when you said Tyreek Hill, that just made me start thinking. So th- these guys aren't just signing guys. You know, they're just going to fill the position. They're, these are real playmakers. Taylor Gabriel is a real playmaker. I was reading that about him. They're so. molding. Right. They're, yeah, they're, they're molding. He's they molding want an offensive the team. Offense exactly, which is crazy when you think about the Bears we've been watching for the past you know however long of our lives uh, that we might have a high flying offense here. No, me and Cabaron were talking this morning. This is like, I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't believe we're going to be at Soldier Field watching Shotgun (laughs) majority of the time at Soldier Field spreading it out with speedsters on the edge. I mean, like, that just just hasn't happened, man. It's a whole change in philosophy from the organization. 100%. Top to bottom. I can't wait. I think it's exciting. Um... I'll tell you this, quick transition, Eli, you can give us our take on this. I mean, the division got tougher today as well with Cousins coming over. Oh, yeah. Our division is a problem. Definitely. Uh, I mean, the the Vikings were the the class of the division last year, and I I definitely think they took a step forward. Uh, Adding Cousins, the Packers, Packers going after Jimmy Graham, swapping him out for Jordy Nelson is interesting. Yeah. Uh, The the NFC North is no joke. Uh, The Lions are still tough. It's it's a it's gonna be it's not gonna be easy for the Bears to improve on that five and eleven record even with all the talent that we've added to the roster. So that's an interesting point. Realistically, do you think? I mean, what, where where do you see this? I mean, I know it's it's obviously not complete free agency. The draft isn't all done yet, but just from what we've done so far, I mean, do, do you see a couple more wins coming out of the Bears with this, or is this all kind of just transitional? Yeah, no, I think that the the goal for this year is to be around a five hundred team. Um, hopefully on the upper end of that nine and seven, ten and six, and competing for a playoff spot. But um, I think that the, the definitely they want to take a step forward. They still have the draft. They still have the remainder of free agency. Um, 
One guy you guys haven't talked about yet is the new kicker we added, Parkley. I yeah. think I'm pronouncing that right. Yep. Just having some, some consistency on special teams will be a huge difference for, sure. uh, for the Bears, which was a problem spot last year. That cost us a few games down the stretch. So uh, I think this roster should be um, it, uh, obviously assuming health, which is a big question mark for every team in the NFL. Uh, 500 should be a realistic goal for the Bears in 2018. I mean, the fact that we were 5-11 and 11 and easily could have had seven wins last year is I, I could see us definitely getting a 9-7. and seven. I don't see why not. I don't think I can remember a team like the Bears that swept the AFC North. They, they beat the Steelers and the Ravens. Yeah. And the Panthers should have beat the Falcons and then just were pitiful in a lot of the games and uncompetitive. So it was, it was just a bizarre year. Um, next year with Trubisky going into week one as the set starter, this should be a, a big difference um, with an offensive-minded head coach. Lots of changes, I think, for the positive for this Bears team. Speaking of Trubisky, have you have you heard anything about how his offseason's going? I know, I know it's not team time yet, but uh, you know, just kind of what things he's doing. You know, what's what's he's working on? Are they pleased with what they're seeing so far? I know he's been with golf. Oh, really? Yeah, I know he's in he's California been, from his Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he's been training out in California, but I know he's been spending time uh, with Matt Nagy. He's been he's been looking over that playbook. Uh, to try to comprehend what is entailed uh, in that West Coast offense. And so hopefully when when um, OTAs come around and then training camp uh, in July, they, the training camp will start early because of that Hall of Fame game. So they'll have a lot of time to work over um, these new additions, work them into the, to the lineup, but also understand this new playbook and his all his reads and, and what he's responsible for. So I, I think he's, he's working hard this offseason, knowing that the job is his uh, stepping in right away. He got no choice, man. I think it's it's he's he has to be stoked. Yeah, for sure. It's a completely one eighty from last year. He knows he's gonna play. He knows his uh his coach and coordinators are gonna be ready to move the ball around. I mean, he's gotta be on the moon right now, Doug. I'd have to imagine. For sure. I mean, I think that last year there was some frustration privately from him because just based off training camp the whole team knew that he was a more talented quarterback than Mike Lennon, and they were giving the veteran the job because they had guaranteed him so much. Uh, and then after those four games, obviously the coaching staff decided to make the switch, but it's got to be frustrating for a player to see that he can outperform whoever is on the field and he's just not getting a chance. And so I think that that confidence of knowing that the job is his uh, right away, and that this whole team is behind him will, will definitely be a spark uh, for his, offseason and hopefully for the regular season as well for sure i think those are great points and even i saw a, a quote from von miller that uh he was given like the some love to mitch trubisky i think stuff like that is bigger than it seems because von miller doesn't have to come out and say that i think when he comes out and gives mitch trubisky a nod it shows that like hey this guy's got real talent has real potential in the league and he's shown and, and that's he's made an impact on guys that have been in the league a long time and Von Miller's seen good quarterbacks and Von Miller's seen bad quarterbacks. For him to come out and say that, I think all that stuff is big. Yeah, I'm a big believer in the like the real recognized real philosophy that like, we, <laughs> yeah. can, uh, we can observe from the outside, but those players that are there, they know who For is sure. legit and who's fake. For and sure. so if, if Von Miller is saying that, or the players in the locker room, they know who's the better one. They can say whatever they want to the media, but in their heart, they know to a band who the best quarterback on the Bears was last year, and it wasn't Mike Glennon. So 
uh, I think Mitchell Trubisky knows that he's the best quarterback on the roster right now, and that that's important, I think, moving forward. So yeah, moving forward to the uh, to the draft. So obviously, you know, they cleared up some some huge holes in the offense. How does this change or not change? But what does this mean for their draft philosophy that they're going to have going forward? Is he going to look defense early on? He's going to look to solidify that offensive line. What do you what do you think that uh, his focus is? Because obviously, playmakers, you know, uh, that's that's not where he's going to be going. Yeah, I think that the a lot of times the the philosophy is you go for the best player available, but. Ryan Pace's track record is he has a position in mind and he goes after it. Uh, in 2015, it was Kevin White. He knew he wanted to get a receiver. Uh, in 2016, he traded up to get Leonard Floyd. Last year, he traded up to get Trubisky. And I, I don't know right now who the apple of his eye is, if he has a person in mind. Um, they, they have the luxury right now that they don't have a position that they have to address. Uh, they got the quarterback taken care of last year and they got the receiver taken care of today. So, um, offensive line, I think, is, is somewhere they'll try to look at. Um, like you mentioned, pass rusher uh, would be very helpful to go alongside Floyd and Hicks. If Minka Fitzpatrick, the defensive back, were to slip or, or Denzel Ward, the corner, that would be nice. Uh, they brought back Prince of Mukamara and hopefully uh, will sign Kyle Fuller long-term, but you can never have enough playmakers in the secondary. So Pace can, can move around a little bit and, and see what's available and hopefully – not hopefully, but there's a possibility that one of those quarterbacks drops to number eight and a team like Buffalo or Arizona maybe moves up and and will be willing to trade with the Bears and and the Bears can stockpile some more picks down the road because uh, that would be to make up for what we traded last year. We could could recoup some picks uh, this April. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that sounds great to me. That's what I want. If we could pair Minka Fitzpatrick with Eddie Jackson and have Bama boys in the oh. back, man, I'll take <laughs> yeah. that all day. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. If I could get those boys together, man, they play with each other already too. Minka Fitzpatrick is a problem. Football player. Um, yeah. So do you think they're done as far as any uh, any more big moves coming from them? Any more big money moves in free agency? Because we still have a good amount of money. Yeah, we there. still got some cap space. But was Allen Robinson it as far as the large, uh, you know, average annual salary deals, or we got anything else coming that you can see? I mean, I think that they're still going to address positions like backup quarterback. Um, I've heard Chase Daniels' name floated around, and, and players like that that are familiar with uh, Matt Nagy's offense. Um, I think you'll see them try to get some more depth in the linebacking core um, with Jarrell Freeman being let go. Uh, earlier this off season, but I think the the major additions are done that they were taken care of today. But then now filling in those gaps in the roster, you see it every year. The depth of a team is just so important when injuries come through. So they definitely want to solidify uh, the rest of the roster um, moving forward in free agency. But I, I think the big splashes are probably done with. Before we let you go, give us your take on the Cousins deal, and the fact that it was all guaranteed. How, how how big of a deal is that? I'm not sure. That's I don't know if that's the first of its kind on a on a multi-year deal like that, but it doesn't happen very often. Not with that much money. Yeah, not sure. with that it's much definitely. cash. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a trend-setting move. Uh, Kirk Cousins bet on himself two years in a row. He wouldn't take um, the low-ball offer that the Redskins were offering. He forced them to franchise him. Um, and then this year he went out in free agency and scored the big contract. And he 
he kind of took a page out of what the NBA players are doing in that he took a shorter deal and so that he can hit free agency again while he's still in his prime. I think he'll only be 32 when his contract expires. And so, in theory, he can get another deal uh, as a starting quarterback. I think you'll see guys like Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. They're the next ones up um, in terms for these new deals to maybe follow suit to what um, Kirk is doing because it, it makes most sense if you believe in yourself as a player and you are confident that in three years you'll still be uh, performing at an elite, an elite level, you might as well cash in and, and not go for that long-term security but try to get that second big paycheck. And so I think Kirk Cousins uh, took a gamble on himself and he won. He was thankful that he didn't get hurt uh, in these last two years because he could have cost himself a lot of money. But uh, it, it worked out for him, and I guess it worked out for the Vikings. Cousins' thing is definitely interesting. I just wonder how much of it is you know him just kind of being in a – great situation and going to a team who desperately needed him and would, would throw him that kind of money. But again, he's a quarterback. So yeah, they're going to be a problem. And they're going to be a be problem. Sick. And they kind of had to do that. Yeah. Right. I mean, that that's a super bowl piece for them. So for sure. Yeah. He had great leverage because there's a lot of teams that feel like they're one player away. I know Denver really wanted him as well. And so he could kind of pick and choose his spot and had teams compete against each other for his services. And, and that really probably raised the price, but uh, he put himself in that position uh, because he, he was able to bet on himself these last two years and take that one-year franchise tag and then finally hit the open market uh, this offseason. Eli K. Baron, ChicagoBears.com writer, man. Thank you so much for joining yeah, I appreciate us. appreciate you coming on, man. We're gonna ha- Yeah, we're going to have to get you back on at some point closer to the season, training camp and all that stuff. When all the, all this, when the roster is finalized, I think that's when we'll, we'll have definitely some more to talk about. So we'll have to have you back on. Sounds good. I'll uh, look forward to it. I appreciate it, guys. Let's get in this NBA piece. Yeah, let's talk about this league, man. The standings right now, T, you said this going into it, the show, before we hopped on, you were like, man, if you had to, if you told me second week in March, this would be the standings in the NBA, there's no chance I believe you. Yeah, no, anybody who had this, like, as they're standing in March before the season would be kind of stupid. It doesn't really make sense, but I like it. Spurs have the same records as the Nuggets down at 9 and 10 in the West. The Pelicans are the sixth seed. The Trailblazers are the three. Like, this is crazy right now. First off, you already know it's Nick. You already know how I feel about Dame. I don't know if you know this Dame Lillard take that I have. I don't think he's all that great, T. I think, yeah, I think we talked about I think this he one. takes a lot of bad shots. Does not play defense. Does not play any defense. Man, um, I don't know. I'm a huge Dame guy. So I feel like so many people don't play defense that like he can't be the only one singled out. His D is atrocious, though. You know, I heard this stat today, though, that um, since uh, in the month of March, Dame Lillard – I'm sorry, since the beginning of February, Dame Lillard is averaging something like 32 points, six rebounds, 50% shooting. Yeah, I saw that. Three point. Like, he's on a crazy hot streak. Portland has moved up into the three seed, so obviously they're balling, man. Like, I had the same take on Dame Lillard. I think a lot of times, though, you hear so many people with those those same takes, like, yo, he doesn't play D, kind of like what T said. He doesn't play D. He takes bad shots. But the thing is this, man. Dame is clearly a gamer. Like, when he's on point, when he's hitting his shots, uh, he's great. He's a great offensive player, and right now they're on fire. So you can't argue with them being in the third seed in a loaded Western Conference. Now, they've taken advantage of things like uh, the Jimmy Butler injury, obviously, right? You could say the Cousins injury, but the Pelicans are actually playing better since Cousins has been down. Um, But, you know, things like that have kind of worked in their favor. The Spurs not really being complete all year. So they're taking advantage of it, man. So you can't take anything away from Dame right now and how he's playing. No doubt. And I think you know me quick. One of those things where 
I know they could play deep down, but I never want to give them any type of love. Right. That's what. That's the situation I have with Danny. Of course. Like when I see like last night he was cooking. Didn't he have like fifty two? Yeah, and I didn't want to give him any love. Like I was watching it like. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't want to show him any love, but he's one of those cats for me. I think it's really a shame for me personally to see the Pelicans thrive without Demarcus because it fits his narrative so perfectly, right? Yeah. Like an empty kind of stats kind of guy. Everyone knows he could play, but it's not going to be the guy that takes your team over the hill type thing. Yeah. And, and for him to narrative. go down and then all of a sudden they don't really miss a beat, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah, but anybody who says that is kind of taken taken out or not taken into account that Anthony Davis is playing like basketball at a different level right now. Right, like I yeah, think this we is the best he's about, ever played. Yeah, like he it's not sustainable. Like he has to play this way for them to get that, you know, to win these games and this is kind of how it was before Boogie got there. Boogie allowed Davis to get kind of a break and have another option there. Davis can't it's not sustainable. Right. Uh similar to like what the Pacers are doing I don't know how sustainable that is. They're they're the third seed right now, but they've just as a team been playing on fire. So it's like both of those teams to me, I get they're doing like crazy right now, super overachieving, but I don't think they're actual threats uh Pacers come playoff are 40 time. Forty and twenty eight. Third in the no, East. They're definitely one of those teams that's not a threat at all in the playoffs. Well, Indiana's been good all year though. Like yeah. this is, they've just been moving up the standings, but Indiana's been good all year. I mean, they're hot right now. But they've been good all year. Oladipo's been balling his ass yeah, off all year. Yeah, he's been playing out of his mind. Um, you know, right now they would be slated to play Philly, which would actually be a pretty interesting matchup, Indiana versus Philly. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like a very interesting matchup. Yeah. We're talking about playoff Lance. and playoff Lance, you know, anything is possible. <laughs> uh, shout True out that. Lance Stevenson, born ready. Born uh, ready. Born ready. Great nickname. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, you know, but, yeah, I don't think Indiana is relying on as much crazy shit as uh, New Orleans is, I agree, and I but I, yeah, I just had to make that point. I think that's a shame. It, it, he goes down. It would have been gr- not great to see, but it would have been big for Demarcus for overall. Sure. His contract coming I want up him in too. the playoffs, man. Right, and he's never if, been in the playoffs. But yeah, for sure. But like with his contract coming up, if he would have went down and the the Pelicans just bottom fell out, that would have been a good look for him overall and how important he's been to that team type of thing. And it's just a shame that it's not going that way, in my opinion, because I'm a Boogie guy. That would have been the second best thing that would have happened if the Pelicans would have imploded after Boogie got hurt. Yeah. The first best thing is that the Bulls have that draft. Exactly. Yeah, we lose that draft everything, pick. though, yeah. man. Yeah. That pick yeah. becomes nothing. Remember yeah. that pick looked like a lottery pick after Cousins got hurt? It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I was, I was shit. saying, best yeah. case scenario, we'd have the second and sixth pick. Now we're going to have like eight and 17. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless AD goes down, which I really I don't want to see that. So no. I don't care no. how much of a Bulls no, fan I, I am. I don't want right. to. I need the brow to do, keep doing what he's doing. So. Yeah, I mean, another interesting thing is, um, you know, I think we, I don't think we touched on this yet, but San Antonio. So the San Antonio right now is sitting in the tenth spot, which they're seven games over five hundred, but they're sitting in the tenth spot, which speaks to how competitive the West is going to be. Uh, first thing I'll ask: How many games do you think it's going to take to get into that Western Conference spot in the eighth? How many W's? Yep, forty-five. 45 because there's six there's six seed in the east that's that's what's crazy 45 yeah 45 45 what do you think t which is crazy t- crazy to get the, eight. the eighth seed yeah uh i'll go 43 43 so do you think san antonio will get there um obviously today more news came out about Kawhi. so i think it was last week it came out he was going to come back on thursday right he was cleared everything like that it's been a saga all year long if you've been following it um a lot of he said she said <clears throat> 
We don't know if there's actually a rift between Kawhi and the Spurs. When they interview Popovich about it, he kind of sounds done with it. Um, it's just a really interesting situation. And obviously Kawhi doesn't say much and the Spurs don't say much. So it's not, you know, one of those situations you're going to hear everything. But um, now it comes out today that Kawhi has been cleared by everybody except for his medical staff, which is interesting that he has his own medical staff. So, on that Brady tip. On that Brady tip. Yeah, he's got his own <laughs> Alex Guerrero in the building. Yeah. Um, so – this is all crazy, though. So two questions, I guess. Is Kawhi going to come back? And if he does come back, are the Spurs back in there? I, I definitely think Kawhi is not coming back this season. And I don't know if he's going to be a Spur again, but definitely not this season. I think both parties are kind of, like, making that pretty clear. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's coming back. There's no reason to come back. I mean. So why, it, why come out? Why say that he's coming back on Thursday? Who? This is why the Spurs? Yeah, whoever said it. Whoever said that, right? I mean, I don't know. He's been, but they've, I've heard that before. I heard that last week. Yeah. That he'll be back. He be, he's ready to play. He's cleared. And we'll see him on whatever day it was, but I haven't seen him. And I don't expect to. At this point, especially, especially with them down at the 10, why come back, try to scrap to get the eighth seed, and then have to worry about playing Golden State or, or even the Rockets? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason. In other words, he'd have to come back and get the six to not see the Rockets or the Warriors. He's not. There's no reason for him to come back. Right. If they got back into the six and they see Portland, that's a problem for Portland. That's true. Yes. It's still. It's still, it's still the system. It's still the infrastructure. So you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I just think it's crazy, man. But uh, the it, fact it, that it's the, super the crazy fact that he hasn't played there all year, though. And I think remember I texted you a couple weeks ago. I go, Yo, who's San Antonio's second best player? And it's like. We really don't know. I think Aldridge is hurt now, too. And the fact that they're still, you know, they're in the 10th spot, but they have the same record as the team in the 8th. So, I mean, it could still happen. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And the same the same number of wins as the 6th seed in the East. Which is crazy. Which is the 76ers. Again, another, like, if they were in the East, they'd be a 5. Yeah. 6 or a 5. You know what I mean? That's, so, all, that's all pop. So, I don't know. I think, I don't know. It sounds real D-Rose-ish to me, and I don't want to say that. But remember no, that, you that, that one year, is he coming back? He might be back this game. Oh, we're just waiting for him to come back. Um, so that's what would worry me. But I don't know, man. I feel like, yeah, you're right. I mean, if they if they, if they can move into the sixth seed, it would make sense. But, yeah. They'd have to fight to get to the six. <laughs> and then it's still, yeah. Nah, but if man. he's healthy, is it a series with Houston? No. no. I don't know. I don't Five. think. No. Not, not coming off of, of no games, you yeah. know, no reps. I think he would need a full, you know, few months before – they're actually a threat to Houston, especially Houston now, man. They're playing the best basketball I've seen in a while. Absolutely. That's yeah, no doubt about that. I think this is a perfect segue into what I want to talk about. This is something that I was actually talking to my pops about. Let's get to like what's what what the whole the, the NBA season is gonna come down to is Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, and who's gonna play in the finals. I don't think I think the two teams in the East are the Raptors and the Cavs. We could start in the East. I think everyone kind of gives the Cavs and LeBron an auto to the final. And I, I'll go out and say it right now. I think if they see the Raptors, the Raptors beat them. I'll wow. put it on wax. I'll put it on right now. I think LeBron's LeBron. K-Love is still a question on how he's going to come back. They have a lot of young guys. Yeah, this is probably like the most vulnerable we've seen them in a minute. No doubt. Uh, this is the first time like people actually think they have a chance. But then at the same time, like 
the Celtics, the Celtics are looking banged up. Now I know uh, Marcus Smart has his thumb. Yeah. He's out indefinitely. Uh, Kyrie's knee's been bothering. Yep. He's going to take some rest. So, like, that kind of, to me, would, would knock the Celtics out unless those are nothing. I don't know yet. But the Raptors are looking really good. So if somebody can do it, it's going to be them. It's it's the Cavs being as vulnerable as they've been, to, to piggyback on what you said. And then this is the strongest the Raptors have looked. So that's a recipe for the Cavs going to 6-7 and losing, in my opinion. Especially combined with the Raptors having home court, I think all that stuff plays a big factor. LeBron's playing in June until he's not, and that's just my take on it. I mean, but that's everybody's take, no, though. You for sure, me? yeah, for sure. And eventually it why has you, to end. Why you but then you'll like be that, you'll be eventually one year late. It has though. to end, but it's just like okay, Toronto, right? We've watched the Toronto story before. They're that's, really good right now. But that's what Wayne I'm saying. Wayne Casey coaching his ass Is off. It Demar t- DeRozan should be an MVP candidate right now in this league, right? But we've seen the Toronto story before. So, yeah, could they be like the Mavericks did that one year and turn the page and stop the playoff failures? Yeah. But, again, man, I'm not completely sold on that happening. I think when it comes to the playoffs, LeBron's playing 45 minutes a game, right, and he's doing what LeBron does, and that's takeover games, and that's dominate, and that's find ways to win. The Kevin Love thing is real. Um, The fact that they don't really have a true, like, 1B like they've had in the last couple years is real. But LeBron's playing in June, man. But what? Just LeBron's just gonna take care of it? Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to say that, but that's what great players do, man. Yeah, I don't see it. Would Honestly, you, would you bet on it? Yeah, I could. I don't know. I, definitely I wouldn't would bet, bet on, on it, it either way. I probably wouldn't. Be, that's how unsure I think I am. I would bet on it. Let me see. Let me see a crazy odds for the in the Eastern Conference Finals. The I, Cavs being favored, wild. I don't. See I would have definitely taken a healthy Celtics though, but. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. that's a whole different story. But, yeah, yeah I think. Healthy like the- Gordon Hayward healthy or healthy like what? Oh, definitely Gordon Hayward healthy if you fit in. But even just healthy now, like not banged up. I think the Celtics, uh, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the Celtics. I love what Boston's doing. I just think a lot of that is uh, it's a lot of Brad Stevens going on, which is great. And coaching, obviously, Matt, it's huge in the playoffs. But outside of Kyrie, do they have anybody who scares you? Tatum. Tatum, Tatum is 19 years old. Yeah, that's true. So outside of Kyrie Irving, do they really have anybody who scares you, right? Their second best player is Al Horford. He's not going to score a bunch of points. I know Sean has no, takes on a, Al Horford. Hey, Al Horford he's a great player. <laughs> Sean, uh, Sean hates him. I'm not uh, worried. I'm not, I'm not scared of Al He doesn't scare Horford. you. He doesn't All scare right. you. He scares you when they're functioning well and everything like that, but Al Horford is not going to go for 40 on you, right? So they don't have anybody outside of Kyrie. Um, to make you pay, so no, nah, yeah, they got some good young talent though. They'll they'll be good. They'll be good for a few years to come. Yeah, not just not. I'm not. I'm not banking on Tatum this year. Dude, Valanciunas balling. DeRozan balls. DeRozan's wild right now. Kyle Lowry will show up a little bit when necessary. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. Yeah, he's, you know what he, I mean. He's faded in. You just know before. DeRozan is gonna come like, like super hard. Like I could definitely see a fifty point game. From DeRozan in the playoffs, absolutely, thing, you know. So, man, they're they're clicking on all cylinders. They're gonna have home home court. It looks like in the East, in the and, six, and the Cavs are, are they? They just got that team. That's a whole new squad. It was better than the squad they and had before. And they're young, man. I don't see it, bro. I'm telling you, this is the year they go down. I'm putting it on wax right now. The Raptors. 
Let's switch so over. So do you think that, okay, let me ask you before we do that. Yeah. Just real quick, because this is interesting. We should stay on this for yeah. a second. Do you think that Cleveland gets there? Do you think that they get through Washington? Are you worried about Washington if you're Cleveland? No, I'm not worried about Washington. Okay, so then they would go on to the winner of what? But this is the Th- thing. Then they would play. Then they would Wait, play I'd the be worried about a healthy Miami. Washington, though. I would be really worried about a healthy Washington, but they're not. No, healthy. I wouldn't worry about Washington. Yeah, me healthy neither. or not. Healthy or not, I'm no. not. I, yeah, I think LeBron conf- has no problem with John Wall. But this is the thing. Like that's still going to be a semi decent series. Yeah, that, that's not going to be a four or five gamer. I could see that going six, no problem, or a hard five. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the other thing. Like. All the these rap- series, all yeah. these series are going to be great. Besides, like you know, Houston and and the Warriors are going to wash whoever they play. But but the Raptors will beat up on the Heat. Yeah, but like, the Heat, you know, the Heat saying? are like, going to compete. You know, the crazy thing is that 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 eighth spot in uh, in the East. I mean, pretty much those last four spots in the East, are, the last three are up in the air, right? So a lot of this could change. I don't think anybody. People want to see Miami. I feel like. You know, Miami plays hard, is coached well, but um, I think you, they can take them out. Does anybody want to see Giannis in the playoffs? Hell yeah. No. What do you mean, no? Yeah. No, you mean like, no, oh, no, okay. oh, play against. Oh, play, oh, no, 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 yeah, of course you want to watch him. No, yeah, I want to watch him. Yeah, yeah. But does anybody want to see Giannis in the playoffs? No. Does anybody want to see Philly? Maybe. Right? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's just interesting in the East for that for that whole Ben Simmons right gets a little exposed in the playoffs, I think. I think their I whole squad gets exposed in the playoffs. Nobody's exposing Joel Embiid because that boy yeah, can Yeah, no, do, he's nice. That yeah. boy can yeah, do – Yeah, he's nice. That boy can, is a walking bucket. He's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But so, they don't have another – again, they don't have anybody else that really scare. I mean, Simmons is nice, but he doesn't shoot. So you can literally just play off him all day. I could see him getting – not exp- – exposed is a strong word, but I could see a good coach – Exposing his weaknesses a lot, a lot more than the regular season. And he's team. also a rookie. Yeah. And 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 Embiid is, you know, for all intents and purposes, a second year player, right? So it's just an interesting situation at the East right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's switch over to the West side because I mean that's where the championship is coming out of anyway. Let's be, yeah, let's no keep doubt. it. Let's keep it one hundred. Rockets have been balling all year. James Harden has one been game, balling right? all year. They lost up? one game when it's when it's Harden, Chris Paul. Yes, one and game yeah, and, and, and Clint. Um, they've lost one game with that trio together. Clint Capella balling right now. Clint Capella, he's in a perfect situation. And they declined yeah. They didn't re-sign him before the season, so he's headed to uh, oh yeah to uh, free agency. <laughs> they couldn't negotiate it with him, and now he's he's yeah they yeah. Clint Capella is DeAndre Jordan in Houston. Yeah, their, Clint their Capella game is not missed, the same. Uh, his first fifteen free throws as an NBA player. He's a, he's a I that, remember that. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean. He has he, he's a big dude that plays hard. He runs he runs runs, runs the, the floor runs the floor well. up and he's down. He's perfect for what they need. And yeah, he's that D'Antoni big man man. He's a rim runner. And he's a great. He's a yeah. He's surrounded by guys that can get him the basketball yep. when they need it to. Right. Yep. Can the Rockets? Fuck using can because obviously they can beat the Warriors. Right. Yeah, will will the Rockets beat the Warriors? I'm a, I'm gonna kick it off at you T because I'm interested. Cause, dude, I I can really really see a Rockets Raptors final, bro. That would be that would be cool. I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably like the biggest James Harden fan you could find. I think this three year run he's put together, like we haven't seen anything like this. So I would love him to. I wish this was happening another year, but they're not gonna beat the Warriors this year if they're healthy. If they go, if if Draymond's there, if KD's there, there's no chance. Yeah, uh, no, they won't. Um, 
And that's not to say the Rockets aren't a great team any other year that they wouldn't be the, the title cont- or favorite. But I just think in the playoffs, man, you got to go player for player. And, yeah, you know, you put Harden and say, I don't know, Steph, right? Okay, ju- just as good as each other, right? Durant, whatever it might be. But then you keep going down the line with the Warriors and they keep getting better, right? They got four guys who are all-stars. Um, Yo, would, uh, would Houston let any team from the East take him to six? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course, for sure. Six, yeah, but yeah. who's taking Houston to six? The Cavs. Toronto. Toronto. Anybody that can slow them down. Toronto. Toronto slow them down. Yeah. Cleveland. I don't know, man. Yeah. This is gonna be like one of those years where the two best teams in the league were like, you know, Dallas and Phoenix. You know, but you gotta you gotta remember too in the playoffs with getting the six. A lot of teams they'll go up two zero and they'll almost concede a game like. That third game, like on the road, like all right, like they could just have this one. That's true. Type of thing. Um, getting the six isn't too difficult, especially with a team as good as Toronto. I think Toronto could take the Rockets to, to six for sure. How much should we buy into the narrative that of what James Harden did in the playoffs last year, where he disappeared when the light when the lights were shining the brightest? It's just it's a small sample size. I, I'm not going to hold him again. I mean, if it happens again. Then you got to think, like, all right, the Thunder, you don't really blame him. He was young. He was coming off the bench. Houston, he didn't play well at all. So he has, like, this moment to kind of prove, um, you know, that that wasn't him and that was just that series. Because, quick, I hear that a lot in the when, – when, when, when Jalen Rose and all those guys not, talk. It's not necessarily a small sample size. This isn't the first time that Harden's disappeared in the playoffs. If you remember – what was that uh, That seven-game series they had against the Clippers when they came back in that fourth-quarter game and right. Trevor Ariza started hitting all them crazy shots? Where yeah, was James Harden? That wasn't him, On yeah. the bench. He Josh was Smith. not playing in that game. It was Josh Smith and Trevor Ariza. Yep. Shout-out Josh Smith. Yeah, shout-out Jay Smooth. <laughs> no no, I, no <laughs> IG Smooth shout on out, Instagram. Shout, yeah, he is no IG Smooth. Shout-out Jay, Jay Smooth. I love Josh Smith, you know. I can't um, believe he's not in the league, but yeah. I can. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Josh Smith was also yeah. So it's not the first time with Hartman. I think you got to take that into account 100%. Like I was going to say, man, I mean, I think that's where it starts to matter, and that's where the Warriors start to separate themselves from the Rockets. They have better players overall, right? Um, outside the top two, they have better players overall, and that that's a problem for that's going to be a problem. I think Kevin Durant is the real reason. Yeah, he's exactly that boy is too much. He's the X yeah, factor. Yeah, he's no, so you can't stop. He's him. the X factor. When you put all those dudes and then throw Draymond in there, who who will get the people, a couple people riled up, it could. I'm, I'm taking the Warriors. If you take Durant out of the equation, it's still a major problem for Houston. Once you add Kevin Durant in, who love him or hate him, is the second best player on the face of the earth. Um, yeah, it's an issue. They can't match up with all that. It's too hard to match up with that. Clay is automatic. It's he's automatic, right? He gets 63 points on 11 dribbles, right? Steph, if he's healthy, is going to hit the most ridiculous shit in the world. And then at the end of the day, if you stop that, you stop those two, they can give the ball to Kevin fucking Durant, who can get his shot from anywhere on the floor, any way he wants it, from deep, post you up, do whatever he wants. Oh, and he plays D, and he can play three positions. It's, 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 it's yeah, man. I mean, I, I love, I would love to see Houston give him a, a good, a good run for it, but it's just, it's not possible right now. That team is too good. What about the bench? Who cares? Until somebody gets hurt. Yeah. It's the playoffs. But all those benches are pretty solid right now. 
uh, especially in the West. Oh, that Golden State bench isn't that isn't it's that not good. Isn't that tough? No, it's Nick Young and fucking Jordan Bell and JaVale McGee. But it doesn't matter because you go eight deep in the playoffs if your guys are healthy. Right. It's crazy that the West so fast paced, high scoring games. Um, the NBA in general, but you got these teams. They only run like seven or eight right now. Tibbs run deep. six. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tibbs will run four if you Tibbs could, run man. five and a half. Hey, look. <laughs> Tibbs run six. Tibbs run six. So that's what happens in the playoffs. That's and that's when it becomes more of an issue because now Golden State is playing those top guys 40 minutes a night together. Hold on. I want to get this on wax. You have, quick, you have Warriors, Cavs, four. No, I don't. I'm not necessarily saying I have that, bro. You just said like, is this the year for the Cavs to lose? And I'm like, I don't don't know. Who you got in the finals then? I don't know, man. I hate. I I, I really don't know. Ask me at game 82. Let me see where it shakes out. Let me see where I think. So this this is what I was trying to say. This year, more than ever, how those standings shake out matters. You know, who you play in the first round is going to matter. So I want to see who you have to play. If they're playing Philadelphia, something like that then I think it's going to be a smooth sailing for LeBron to get up there because I think they're going to use that first-round series to tune up, and then he's ready to go. If he has a tough first-round series against uh, Milwaukee where he's chasing around Giannis all game, you know, that's going to be an issue for them. Yeah, I mean, depending on how it shakes, they could see the Raptors before the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Yeah. They could see them. They could see them in the second round. Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. Right, so so much of that is at stake, so you kind of got to see where it shakes out. I'll Who go – give me Warriors – Raptors, Warriors in six. Oh, if it's Warriors, Raptors, it's Warriors in four. No, I think I think the Raptors could steal a game or two. Come on, yeah, the Ra- yeah. five Stop or six. It. I'm giving Stop them the it. benefit of the doubt. Warriors in five. The I rounded Cat- up. Cleveland last year had to fight and claw to get one game out them boys. Yeah, I was at Stop. that game. Stop playing. They had to put up record. Stop playing. Had record numbers. They had to put up record what, offense. Like Sixty to get in the that first win. half or something. In the first half, it was yeah. They scored like 60, something, crazy, something crazy. Something crazy. Crazy. Yeah, Almost, out of their like minds. 69, 70 points or something. And that was Almost the Warriors that. giving them one. So if your theory plays true, yeah, maybe they won't get swept, but they'll get swept in theory. Forget about it. That's, I, I might – bye. It's a, waste of my, <laughs> it's a waste of my time. I, might, I literally might do something else. I might watch game one and then go do something else because that's, wow. that's not even a series. The two games of the Oracle would be a, a joke. Flying down from Canada to go to the West Coast and get smashed on in the Oracle. Stop, come on, stop. I'll, I'll put any amount of money on that that they won't win a game. You said the Oracle will be too much? Too much. Uh, too much, bro. It's too much. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Like, yo, we, I feel like sometimes, like, these conversations happen about, like, ooh, could this happen against the Warriors? Ooh, could that happen against the Warriors? Just to kind of, like, you know, whatever. But yeah, we all know the true, deal, man. man. They added Kevin fucking Durant to a 73-win ball club. Stop playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kevin Durant, bro. They didn't add fucking Chris Middleton. Big Nick the Quick. Let's jump into what's trending. Chicago, as soon as we hopped on, something hot jumped on us. Some news broke. Jason Goff, 670 the score, does the afternoon show, was fired. Let go. Let go. Kind of out of nowhere, so it seems. Um, the numbers were doing well. Jason kind of hinted at that when talking about getting let go. Everything seemed to be going well. Jason's shout-out, Jay, Evanston kid, went to Evanston. Um, 
is very outspoken, young black male, like a lot of young black males, has a lot of opinions on things. Is he outspoken or does he have an opinion? You know, why is it why is it outspoken? Yeah, it's a good Just point. Having a fucking opinion, I'm, I'm, you know. Yeah, so he gets let go. Kind of spicy on Twitter, but is it, is is he kind of spicy on Twitter because he's a young African American and not you know say a middle aged white guy? Quick, I know you have a take and want to jump into it. Let it rip, my G. Yeah, so this one for me, man. Regardless of whether or not you know you like Jason Goff or whatever, this one for True. me just kind of messed me up, right? For a couple different reasons. Number one, um, they got rid of Jason Goff to bring back Dan McNeil. Anybody yeah. who's listened to Chicago Sports Radio for a while knows who Dan McNeil is. He's been on Chicago Sports Radio forever, um, been on the Score forever, been on ESPN One Thousand, you know all that stuff. And he's been fired from all those places because. And again, I'm not talking about anybody who has substance abuse issues or anything like that, but he has some pretty heavy issues, right, that get in the way of him showing up to work, things like that. Like Dan McNeil is known to be unreliable, has a ton of run-ins with the law, all that type of shit. Um, and they bring him back, and they let go of Jason Goff, who we don't necessarily know why. I can only assume it's because maybe he's opinionated on Twitter or whatever. Um, and you replace him with McNeil, and for me, it just kind of represents – or it shows that, you know, radio is still out of touch with what's actually going on out there, right? Um, if you look at all the Chicago sports talk radio guys, they're all 40-plus-year-old white guys, right? You got Waddle and Sylvie. You got um, – who are the guys in the morning on the score? Uh, ah, man, what are those two? Mully and Hanley, right? Yeah. Yep. Then you got um, Parkins and Spiegel. Who would, I like Spiegel, man. Spiegel's cool, right? Uh, you got Bernstein. You had Bernstein and Golf, which before that was Bernstein and Boris, right? You have, and then you go to the nighttime. You got Lawrence Holmes. Shout out Lawrence Holmes, literally the only black dude, and I think Jonathan Hood that have their own show, and they put those guys on at like nine o'clock on weekdays, right? Man, when nobody's listening. Big shout out to Hood. He's been rocking that midnight to three a.m. Uh, forever, bro. Forever, and, dog. And he does uh, radio for the UIC Flames. Like that dude grinds to get on the radio any way he can. I think he does a pretty good job, and Holmes does a pretty good job too, right? Um, but regardless, man, just it's just like we're talking sports here, right? We're talking sports, right? And all you have are these older white dudes talking on the radio about it. Like you can't get anybody else. The reason I was happy when they had golf is that. Man, finally, just a different voice, right? A voice that kind of sounds like mine, somebody who talks a little bit like how I talk or thinks how I think, right? But regardless of all that, just somebody different, man. I mean, you don't have a female host of a show. You don't have a minority host of a show at this point. It's just literally 40-plus-year-old white guys, right? The same shit that's been on the radio going back to Mike North. Nothing has changed, man, and it's just... If you're going to let go of golf because you want to shake it up or you want to improve ratings, but then you bring back another guy you've already had before, I don't really understand that. You know what I mean? And I, I, I listened to the show. I thought he did a great job, and they talked about other shit outside of sports. So it's just, to me, man, like it's just out of touch. And they wonder why nobody wants to listen to the radio anymore. You know why people listen to podcasts? Because you can choose who you listen to. You can find a variety of a, different, a ton of different people with different takes on different issues. How if I turn on the score and I just hear eight people who sound the same? You know what I mean? Like, it, we're not represented. It's just another one of those things where it's like, man, it's 2018 and we're still trying to get in this space in this particular area, right? It doesn't make any sense to me, man. Do you think if he was a less outspoken guy, 
that this would be that, would he be in this situation? Who knows? You know what I mean? Like again, I don't know exactly what happened, and a lot of times that shit comes down to money and ratings and shit. But I know that those takes aren't necessarily popular with everybody. Like we grew up in a real liberal situation, right? So True. it's okay to speak your mind, but like other places, they don't want to hear that shit from him. And he's very vocal. Like he was vocal on the Black Lives Matter shit. He was vocal on the Trayvon Martin shit. You know what I mean? He would retweet the racist text that they got to the score hotline. You know what I mean? All that type of shit. So people don't necessarily like that shit. Read some of the comments that he got. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, it's funny how a guy who was so opinionated now doesn't get a paycheck. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I'm sure that stuff matters, man. Why else would you fire him and bring back an old white dude? Yeah, I mean, this is a statement that he came out with uh, about 13 hours ago. I have nothing uh, disparaging to say about uh, about anyone at the score. There are some there are some that I view as family, and I wish nothing but the best for them. The station will be made will be made great again. I'm very proud of the work we did. Looking forward to what's next. So I mean, took yeah, the high gracious, road. Man. You gotta take anything. the high road because he yeah. he's a young man, needs to find work. But like, hire a fucking female, hire a minority, like yeah. change it up, man. Like other people want to be heard in sports. Like that shit is just. And with sports, like, these people aren't even young. Like, I don't want to hear that same tired-ass take I've been hearing for the past 20 years, man. Like, that shit is tired. Facts. Why did we start this? So that we could talk about it to the way that we know the people that we know would listen to. Yeah, for sure. Right? So Definitely. it's just like, that shit doesn't make any sense to me. I don't want to make it all race-related. But, yeah, maybe you're right, man. Maybe if he wasn't so outspoken, he would still have a job. But if that's the fucking reason why, then... Then maybe he's, he's better Maybe he's better off going somewhere the, else. Go do something else, man. Hopefully they were giving him the bag while he was there. Hopefully they pay him till his contract goes in and they owe him some money and he can go do something, man. He can come holler at No Catch Up Chicago, man. Definitely. Jason, man, come, 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 come fuck holler. with your boys. Come fuck with your boys. We got a spot for you. Evanston, come on and talk Say to us Say whatever the fuck you bit. want to. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, so that's just something that I was kind of burning on today. Again, we just found that out right before the segment. I've been thinking about it since we've been recording today, and uh, that's just that's just wild to me, man. Like, hey, yo, diversify your voices on the radio if you want people to come back. 